Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 33. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at podnuts.com slash ctg. Uh, moving ahead, folks, we're going to be eventually transitioning off Podnuts and moving to my own hosted site. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the last date will be, so I'll let you know. But I do have a site right now. Um, the It'll be in the show notes. It's callthatgirl.podbean.com. So you folks can join me over there. But I think those that subscribe to my um, iTunes, that that feed should transfer over. So you shouldn't have to do anything different, I hope. But we'll see about that. Um, but anyway, for the current shows, you can go right over to that Podbean site. And I've actually uploaded all my other shows. And so that's where all my stuff will be. All right. So just a reminder, this show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft Exchange migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week or so. If you need help learning Office 365 or want help with Outlook, feel free to give me a call. You can reach me at 612-865-4475 or email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. I've been getting some fan mail lately, so it's a little exciting. (laughs) I have to say I like it. I took a break from shows being consistent and when that happens people don't you know send in stuff and emails but i've been getting really good feedback so i thank everybody and if you ever email me i always email you back no worries and uh if i can help i do and as i said in my last show you know if you need tech help i do give a discount um sometimes if i'm between jobs i can jump in but it's better to have a scheduled appointment if you can i'd also like to thank my sponsor at river uh, they have been my office 365 partner for almost three years now. And if you are a technical company looking to resell office 365 or want to do the partner plan like me, which you can earn a commission, um, go ahead and talk to my rep, Steve Harris. His email is sharris at appriver.com and they'll get you set up with an account and give you some training. And I got to tell you how wonderful it is to work with a vendor that just, takes care of the stuff I don't have time to do. (laughs) So like if you've ever worked with Microsoft, you understand that it can, you know, be a few hours of sometimes troubleshooting. Whereas if you work with the vendor, they pretty much do that for you. And I really don't have to be on the phone for long periods of time with them and they just take care of stuff. And you know, not that there's a lot of problems, but when there is, you just want to make sure that you're taken care of and app river does that for me and my clients. So All right, you guys. So before I jump into uh, some stories, boy, I got to say that um, (laughs) that migration was that I've been working on now for the last two shows is still in progress. But I finally got the DNS updated. So now I can finally do the migration whiz and I'm starting it today. So I won't have any updates till the next show. But this has been bothering me because I just want to get it done so I can enjoy you know, the experience of it. And I know that this isn't everybody's first awesome experience, but the, the DNS company I was working with, they had outdated name servers and that uh, they said that they needed to update with the client's 
portals. So we finally got that figured out. It was a little confusing because there's sometimes a lot of different levels of who does what. And so the website company used another company, used another company. You can't control that. So as much as you'd love for migrations just to be simple, this is what I call chasing the DNS. It's you sometimes you got to go chase stuff down. And um, it's very rare that you don't eventually figure it out. But sometimes, you know, you get to that point where you're like, uh, you have to figure it out. And I spent probably a couple hours on this so far, just calls and trying to figure it out and this and that. But uh, hopefully next week I will have my first migration was done. So I'll report back on that. And, um, you know, last weekend I did my show right after my busy Saturday where I just, I mean, I had four awesome calls come in and it was just the way to excite you for the new year. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Sunday, uh, I had a few hours of personal time and I kid you not, I woke up on Monday to, I think 10 requests before I was even out of bed and all day, I didn't have very many appointments, thank goodness. And that's what kind of worried me. That's why I worked so hard on Saturday. But on Monday, I had 25 requests. It was insane. It was like everybody waited till after holiday. And in our world, we can never tell, you know, if it's going to be busy or not. And so basically all day Monday, I fielded calls and I fielded emails and scheduled appointments and None of them, thank goodness, were like Windows update crashes or anything like that. These were just generic requests. And um, I closed, let me look at my notes. I think I closed the week with actual billable calls uh, with 20 jobs. But I've got at least 12 for the books next week that have already been scheduled. And then I have a lot that are in progress. Um now that I'm starting to do more, you know, bigger scale migration work and things like that, you know, those aren't jobs that you can generally just win in 10 minutes. Sometimes you have to have meetings, which uh, I've kind of learned from the past, you know, um, you only give the, the meeting so much time because then you're kind of created a game plan for the client without getting paid. And I haven't had that happen in a while, but it happened to me yesterday it was just, you know, I spent a half hour with the client in December telling them, you know, how I could fix their problems or move to exchange. And they said, well, we want to do exchange. Okay. Well, so then, you know, then they said, we'll buy a prepaid ticket in the meanwhile, so you can work on stuff. And then they said, well, Hey, we'd like to have another meeting before we do that, just to make sure we buy everything we need. And it turns out that they're a franchise company, um, that has like 50, 60 people under them selling their products. So it actually turned out to be more of a, probably a consulting call, but you know what? You take one for the team. You know, I gave them a half hour free to kind of create the game plan that hopefully I can be their IT administrator. And, you know, I felt the relationship was really good. So I think that they're going to hire me, you know, it's just, uh, I get a little nervous because then I'm treading into new waters a little, it's a little outside my scope and, but I'm excited for that because, you know, as you want to grow your company, you, you shouldn't be afraid to take on new things that are in your wheelhouse, but just a little bit outside because that gives you that little bit of buffer to grow a little bit at a time. And that's part of, um, you know, I talked about last week, my business coach and things I want to do and, you know, grow. And so I take these as learning opportunities to see, you know, if I don't win this, 
what did I do wrong? And I'm going to make sure that if I don't, I'm going to talk to them about that and say, okay, so here's what we did, you know, and normally when you don't get a job, you just kind of go, ah, whatever. I didn't get it, but I actually like these people. And so if I don't get it, I'd be surprised, but I do want to ask them then like, was it the price? Was it something else? Because even in that 30 minute call, we did kind of finalize what I would do for them in terms of it administration. Like I kind of solid solidified the job for myself, I hope, but oh, we'll see about that. But uh, like, that's a big job that came on Monday. And I think first day of the new year, a lot of people were all excited to get their tech support done, but you know, I've got six migrations now kind of in the cooker and they're all ranging from 12 to 30 mailboxes. So that to me is cool because you know, those are good, good earnings, good jobs, you know, and with the migration was hopefully I can start working on some price points and start hiring some techs to do the back end stuff because, you know, it's one thing I want to try to do is learn to work with people more to get the jobs done. So I don't have to do it all myself anymore. And I think that's the first step for me is to grow into helping other people to help me instead of me doing all the work. So anyway, yeah, Monday was crazy, exciting, but just very exhausting. And finally, as the week kind of trickled down, I didn't have so much to do and it was really actually relieving. And today is January 9th, by the way, and I already, I think I've worked with two clients so far. I picked up a job yesterday that, um, excuse me, was uh, another Gmail mess. 36 gigs in Outlook. And they have that on four computers. They have one Gmail account, IMAP, on one computer is kind of the master, and the other three. And when I got that call, I was like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> I told the client, yeah. Let's do that on Friday because if I can just do the surgery I do and the little things, I don't feel rushed and it's off their downtime, you know, their, their, their employees off work. So yesterday I got the, uh, first leg of the surgery done. Uh, I, I removed probably 32 gigs off of the email account in Outlook and then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to trust that, that it actually moved it off the server because when you move emails out of an OST file in Outlook, that doesn't necessarily mean the OST is going to realize that and make it smaller. Uh, I've learned that from the past that you have to just get a fresh download from the server. And sometimes that doesn't work either. So right now, I'm going to go open it up on my Outlook right now. So what I did was I got, oh, shoot, one second, folks. There we go. Get that in there. Um, so what I did was on their computers, I got the email moved off. Then I set it up on mine. And then on theirs, I backed it up, uh, what was on the Gmail server. And so hopefully I can finish the surgery up today and tomorrow and see what we're looking at. Um, 32 or 36 gigs is a lot. And it's a lot for Outlook to take on because it's just like so much. And Gmail is constantly synchronizing. And especially if you're using IMAP, once um, it's kind of corrupted, you're going to start finding problems. Like when people email, uh, 
when they send an email, it might turn into a draft. Send, but stay in the drafts. And you start seeing little snags with Outlook that just aren't just little things. Like if one person's on one computer moves an email, it won't go up to the server and then down and match up all four. And their goal is to have that. So I said, well, I can make that happen if we remove 90% of the email off the server. <laughs> because really IMAP is not built for like that needs to be on exchange server. I'll tell you that. Okay. But we will move them to exchange. It's just, we just, either way I would have had to fix this problem. And so we'll see how this one goes. It was, uh, it was like my end of week, little, little treat. I, I like working on this stuff and my downtime anyway, but, um, then I want to let you guys know, I'm going to put in the show notes. I've been subscribing to a really neat office 365, um, website and they send out all these tips and tricks. Now, trust me, I wish I had time to read every single one of these and do that. But this week, I'm just going to call it crazy week. I mean, it's not my normal to, to be this busy and, uh, I wasn't very, you know, upset about it, but I don't have time to do the tech research sometimes. But this site is called Ninja 365 and I'm a subscriber and they get little tidbits in there and they're basically all about Office 365 stuff. And what drew me to them was I found um, a sign up for OneNote and we're going to be talking about OneNote a little bit more here in the next few shows. But I think what excites me is this Ninja takes little pieces of Office 365 and gives out little nuggets of info, which is very good for the break fix tech like myself. And um, especially with some of the guests we're going to have coming ahead, there's a lot of neat little things that office 365. I think we as technicians need to learn to be able to train our clients on. And while I have still some shakiness with SharePoint and OneDrive, you know, I want to this year start engaging in more of the product line and, and I don't ever tout myself as an office 365 expert, but more of a consultant because Microsoft, you know, markets the product, says everything's just going to work fine and dandy. And, you know, that's not the case. I took a call from a guy this week that was from Florida. And he was, like, kind of trying to rush me through the phone call. And I'm, like, basically saying, you're telling me everything that people have problems with. He was like, really? I said, yes. He's got, you know, 12 people on SharePoint and they, they can't download and they're having problems and they can't, their synchronizing isn't working and they've got files from 10 years ago on the server. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what everybody's having problems with. So I'm like, I'll never guarantee I can fix it. I can try to help you. But you know, I said, it just doesn't do what people want. And I don't think anybody can drive that to Microsoft to say, look, Here's what people want. Fix your product to work. <laughs> and like, like we want it to work. <laughs> like when you're in Outlook, you should be able to just to go attach a file from SharePoint. If you could map a drive to SharePoint that actually worked and synchronized. But they broke that mapping when they attached OneDrive in there. And OneDrive just kind of, as the back engine of SharePoint, just kind of destroyed it because OneDrive doesn't really set up well on the computer to sync. I applaud you technicians that got it to work, <laughs> but I certainly just kind of gave up on that process. And I've uh, been with my still my own testing. I still can't get it. I'm trying and I admit I've tried and I, maybe I'm, I, maybe I need someone else to show me how to get it to work. And if you've ever gotten it to work successfully, 
let's have you on the show and you can discuss it because <laughs> I'd love to hear what others have to say about that. Okay. One second here. All right. Unmute. Here we go. All right. So let's see what else I have on uh, this week. I had so many jobs. I didn't even really have anything horrifying or even too exciting. It was just a basic week. Um, I look at my notes here. I didn't have a lot for that, but I want to talk about for the topic. And also we have Marvin B coming on here in a little bit. So we've got Marvin that we're going to talk about office 365. And then some of the things I wanted to discuss with you folks is how to deal with being too busy. <laughs> okay. I woke up Monday to crazyville. This almost reminds me of the day that if you guys can remember back in, I think it was 2013 when Malwarebytes crashed and just exploded tons of computers to black screens and blue screens. And I took 32 calls that day. It was, it was like anything I had my, on my calendar that day was gone because I had people just calling left and right. And that whole day was just putting out fires, you know, and basically getting people to get their computers back to boot up and, you know, whatever. That was the last time I remember it being that crazy. Um, Monday being so crazy is I, I kind of like had to think back to things I did wrong in the past. And here's some correction things I learned. Okay. So last January, um, uh, I booked a migration two days before I was on vacation and I had to take a vacation because a friend was flying down to Miami to come visit me. And I told the client, even I am going to be gone on vacation this date. So we did the migration, I believe on a Monday and my friend flew on Wednesday. So I know I had that, that time to get the migration done and the aftercare. And at that point, I'd kind of already figured out the migration, how to do it right. Well, the problem is, is that migration went really bad. And that's the migration that was one I learned a lot of lessons from. And that's when I started like using surveys and forms and stuff, because I was finding out that, you know, that everybody had different things going on. Thunderbirds. And I mean, we, we deal with this all the time. They're using the web only. And until I got my surveys, I would have known more, you know, but anyway, what happened was, um, the migration happened on a Monday, Tuesday was the aftercare. And I stupidly booked two appointments after 12 o'clock. I don't do that anymore. Not really. Um, I kind of leave the day, you know, when you're doing 12 people, you know, I always schedule aftercare the next day. Uh, I definitely have learned to be really careful with appointments because of this situation. So I had the migration on Monday, aftercare on Tuesday, and there was the aftercare was not even near ready because there were so many glitches and problems with the people. And what happened was all 12 people were emailing me with, it was just little stuff too. And that's where I learned to fine tune the aftercare. My address book, this and this, and my auto populate, those aren't showing and just all this stuff. And, um, so I took one appointment and the guy needed to set up Gmail and outlook. And I remember this to a T, um, I was pretty frantic. 
I was not on my game. I didn't give this guy 100% of what he's paying for. I was still fielding emails from this migration. People were texting, calling, and it wasn't that I did a shitty job. It's just that there was just still too many things I hadn't fine-tuned. And I was typing to other clients while I was working with the, with the one client. And you know what? You don't realize this. If you're a multitasker, you're talking to somebody on the phone, helping them. And if you're typing to somebody else, that is not good. <laughs> and I bet a lot of you do it. Um, I've caught a lot of other people doing it. I've caught my clients doing it. And, and now that I was caught, I actually listened for it and I can hear it. So to me, that was very rude to do to that client. Um, I was too busy still trying to manage other things and I was trying to help him at the same time. Well, luckily the job I did for him, uh, it needed to be parted out into two parts because we had to download all of his mail for Gmail and then do the next step. We had to wait till the email was done. And so uh, about an hour after we got the Gmail loaded, I called him back, I finished it up and it was really, I mean, it was a fair billable hour, you know, but something didn't sit right with me with that job. And I emailed the guy and thanked him and said, you know, um, I know you were disappointed that it had to be in two parts, you know, but that was the truth. And I don't waste time sitting there for an hour talking on the phone with somebody. If something has to happen, I turn off the clock on the ticketing and come back. That's just how I stay efficient. And he wrote me back an email. I will never forget. It, it broke my heart to hear this client actually write such negative things. He said he felt rushed. He could hear me typing in the background, which that to me just was horrifying to hear. He had lots of other things. Like he said, I'd sent you a full page of documentation, which I had read, which I always read, but you know what? I sometimes I can't match the documentation until I get into the outlook. So I don't know sometimes. And, um, you know, he just wrote me kind of that, that letter you'll never forget. Then at the very end, he said, Lisa, I know you're an entrepreneur and I know you do good work and trust me, I've been there in life before. And so he kind of like told me a lot of things I need to hear, but at the end he said he understood, you know, that how life goes. And I just, I just remember being really upset. <laughs> I mean, I could probably get upset now about it because it just really made me realize that I was too busy. I didn't stop what I was doing to help him and I got it done, but you know, I just didn't give him his fair shake at the appointment. And I don't know if I'll ever hear from him again, but what kind of, you know, brought me to that story was I was thinking about another client that had helped that same day. And this really isn't my fault, but she had booked an appointment with me right around the same like hour ish time as this other guy. But her request didn't come through correctly or something of what she needed done. And so I was late for her appointment or something was wrong. And um, she said, Lisa, you did this wrong. And this is now going to affect my trip and blah, blah, blah. And I just said, look, I didn't get the information. And, and you know what? I think back, I lost that client. And that really bothers me. You know, and I just thought of that a couple of days ago, just when I was prepping my show notes going, you know what? I think that might've been the crappiest time of 2015 for me was that day I made her mad on it. Not really intentionally and him disappointed. 
and me doing this migration that I just, I mean, I couldn't help it. It was just kind of overwhelming. And so one thing I've learned, or excuse me, the one thing I've learned about how to deal with being too busy is my favorite words is manage the expectations. So one thing I always do for sure is I do schedule time on my calendar for the aftercare. And if it's a bigger migration, I just schedule out two or three hours and tell people to call me within that time frame. Uh, Cause that usually gives them the expectation of, okay, she's available from nine to 12, you know, and if anybody calls past 12, then they need to book time on my calendar. So, I mean, if you got 12 people and you'd finished up the migration and you say you have till nine to 12 tomorrow to call me, if not, then use my scheduler. That's to me how to deal with it. You gave them three hours and during that three hours, you know, if they don't call and you can do other stuff, whatever, but you're giving them that time. Right. And so, um, I also have learned to actually do aftercare, not the next morning, but sometimes the later afternoon, because they need to get in there and play with the new toy and find problems. And what I, I learned from that was people used to jump in in their email in the morning and sometimes it wasn't done synchronizing with the server or whatever. And then they would start emailing me or texting me even worse problem, problem, problem. And I'd be like, like, yeah, it's not done yet. So I give that expectation. Let's do it tomorrow afternoon. Give your team time to play, figure out their phones, you know, and all that stuff. And that to me has worked a lot better. Um, and then also don't do things with vacation too soon <laughs> or something that's coming up because that's the one thing I learned last January was that the client and I rushed it and he knew I was going on vacation. I just shouldn't have done that. That to me was just horrible, but you know, you learn from your lessons and it's the best you can do. Um, also with appointments, like on Monday, I got the 25 requests, right? Well, the one thing I learned was to just slow down and do things right and follow my processes. And I'm still in a process changing mode right now. So I'm learning to um, schedule things out appropriately, do the job right, and, and, and get to people as you can. Don't hurry and rush things just to get it done. Because then you're going to have failure points in each thing that you did. And uh, you might lose sales. And you actually might not do a better sell. You know, and really can... Uh, um, affect a lot of, I mean, you have 25 people calling in on Monday. They know that, you know, it's crazy. And I told everybody it was crazy. Uh, a couple of other things is I use a scheduling system called V Cita. I think my gosh, I hope that's right. C Vita V Cita. I'll put it in my notes. Anyway, I always mess it up because the C and the V, but if you are remote support tech and you start feeling that it's been difficult and challenging to schedule your time with your clients, their program, they have a free option, which gives you just enough to see you like the program. Um, I paid 200 bucks, I think last year, and I completely love the scheduling system. If you guys want to go to my website, you can take a peek at it. It's called that girl biz. Just go at the bottom. A little pop-up comes up and it says, Hey, do you want to schedule time with Lisa? Whatever. You can check it out and see how easy it is for clients to find time on your calendar. And you can tell I have three options. I have three options up there. Um, you can have a no cost consultation. You can have a, um, 
a premium client. That means my prepaid people can use that and bypass the forms and the payment or just regular clients new can just fill out the pay by the hour one. And I love this system. It just kind of like automated all my scheduling. And believe me, it sounds funny. You think that I don't need a personal assistant just to manage that, but I do because there's enough requests that I have to track all the stuff that they've done. Did they pay? Did they put a client agreement form in? Blah, blah, blah. Do I have all the notes? And you know, that in itself is time saving, but it still has a lot. It's just a lot with, with all the scheduling here, but it's a great investment. And um, I think got over 800 bookings now from it since last February. So I really like it a lot. And one thing I did last year, or sorry, on Monday, this is actually the, the one thing that uh, I learned about this week. And this is why I want to talk about how to deal with being too busy is this. So on Monday morning and all the chaos, I had a client that was super cute. I helped her a few months ago. We spent an hour together. I fixed up a really bad, you know, email thing for her. And, um, she says, Hey, it's me again. Remember we had so much fun working together. I have an emergency. I'm in a jam and old Lisa pulls in and is like, yeah, I didn't have appointments, but I was fielding these 25 requests and everything else. And I said, yeah, I can remote in real quick. You know, her client agreement form was still recent, got her credit card. She's like, well, okay, you can go in and do the work and then I'm going to take off for the day. And now this is old Lisa. I was like, okay, fine. Well, I don't have a problem with being in someone's computer all day doing stuff. But the problem is, is I actually was so busy doing the other stuff that she, I got her fixed. Let's start with that. Got her fixed up. Okay. But she came back like at four 30 in the afternoon and said, I still have other issues. Well, at that point, here's the problem. She was not a prepaid ticket client for one thing. Second of all, I'd already booked up appointments now, you know, for the next day, the next day and whatever. And I was like trying to find time for her and it just wasn't good because I didn't do my formal processes, which if she would have scheduled a regular appointment with me, I would have scheduled her for the hour and would have had the whole job done. So eventually, um, she had a scheduling problem after we had one appointment. So we rescheduled it. And finally it was like on Friday morning. And I said, you know what? Here's what I learned from this is I, I only do emergency jam stuff for prepaid clients. Just to be honest, I changed everything up. I said, so next time you help, if it's a jam, you know, you have to schedule an appointment if you're not a prepaid. And she goes, I absolutely want to be a prepaid because what you did on Monday was awesome. I mean, a half hour, I got her up and running, right? And I said, okay, cool. But I said, also, just to let you know, the next time, you know, that happens, that we have to schedule right away <laughs> if you have problems. And I, I just felt uncomfortable with just leaving a job hanging like that. And I usually like finishing them up unless we know we have another appointment. And that's kind of like, I'm going to say old Lisa. New Lisa likes things scheduled out and done right, I guess. That's the one thing I learned about how, you know, how to deal with being too busy. I did not follow my own rules, you know, but at the end she did buy a prepay and that's awesome because, you know, now, now that's how I deal with things is one hour minimum, even if it's a one second fix, doesn't matter. 
and everybody else gets on the prepay. All right, I think that might be it for this segment of the show, folks. We got Marvin B. coming up here in just a little bit. I'm waiting for him to jump online. Uh, we're going to stop, break the show just for a couple minutes here, take a break, and wait for Marvin, and we'll be right back. Okay. All right, folks, we're back here, and I have Marvin B. from MB Systems, who is kind of like a, uh, a podcasting guest on everybody's show. Right, Marvin? Yeah, I'm pretty much making the rounds. <laughs> yeah. I've had you on at least, I think, three times now on yeah. my shows. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you and, and hear what you have going on and uh, and check. And you're, you've been doing a lot of the Podnuts uh, shows with Jeff Hallish. I know that. And on yeah. Sundays, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. They have uh, – for those that um, – I don't know. Jeff does a Sunday show. It's call in live, and I'll put a link in my show notes for that. Uh, his rotative people come. I think you guys got a group of guys that come in on Sundays. So, yeah, it's uh, it's primarily Jeff and Chris, and I'm kind of like the third wheel. Yeah. And then he rotates out uh, a bunch of techs. Cool. All right, well, Marvin, I really want you to be on the show today because of you've been digging into Office 365 a lot more, and I, I mean, I know we could talk about migrations all day long, right? Oh, but yeah. I think this year I'm going to start engaging with other topics involving Office 365 outside of the exchange migration work, which is, you know, common, um, but there's going to be other things that people are calling about, and we want to talk about that as technicians. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to support it? What do we need to learn? And all of that. So, Marvin, my first question to you is, what are your clients asking for outside of migration work when they call and say, we want to know about Office 365? What are you telling them? Well, what's funny is a lot of my customers don't really know that they're looking for Office 365. <laughs> okay. uh, they are looking for something to do you know, secure mail or encryption. Gotcha. And that helps with a lot of my medical clients that yep. need their HIPAA compliance. Now, I, I don't have a customer that's fully HIPAA compliant. They're just kind of now realizing that they got to get on board because last year, uh, companies actually started getting audited. Yeah. And they're at risk of getting fined. So. Yep. Two of my customers have basically come to me and said, hey, we need to make sure we're HIPAA compliant. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things is to have secure email, um, either you know, through Office 365 or any platform. And now you, River, excuse me, you're using AppRiver, right? Uh, I am using AppRiver for most of my stuff, yes. Okay. And gotcha. AppRiver, as you know, does provide email encryption. Uh, that can be done, and it does work with both Office 365 and the hosted exchange. Gotcha. Yeah, they use Global Relay, I think, too. Have you ever had to work with anybody on Global Relay? I've not done anything with the Global Relay yet. Yeah, I think they're doing the... Uh, I've only had, only had two clients use Global Relay, but they use hosted exchange, not the exchange online. Okay. As far as I know. But yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you do a lot of uh, kind of MSP work with your clients, so those requests are kind of common for you. They're not so common for me, Marvin. My clients well, it, don't have those. Yeah, but I think they will be because yeah. if, if anybody that's got to do some sort of compliance with their email, if yeah. they're using Office 365, those things are going to become add-ons 
or they're going to need to be migrated to a full hosted exchange platform so that they can work with other things. And it's not just, you know, the secure mail. It's going to be things like spam filtering. Um, one of the things that I did with an AppRiver product, the secure tied spam filtering, mm -hmm. is we just added that, you know, on top of the mail that somebody was doing with their on-premise exchange server. I have it now. I use it. Yep. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then um, archiving is another big thing that even though people can have, you know, up to 50 gigs of email, sometimes that's not enough. And yeah. people have got to, you know, clean out their mailboxes, <laughs> but they want to keep their mail so you know, they can add archiving on top of that um, and have that in the cloud so they're not having to yeah. store additional PSTs or, or whatever on a local desktop. And you know what's funny is that I don't really get a lot of archiving needs either, but I kind of have to worry a little bit when clients are like, what's the backup? I said, well, here's what Exchange does, is that the backup is your deleted items recoverables. That's what, that's what they say. If you mess up, everything's in deleted and you can recover it. But there is no like backup. Like You can go to the control panel and say, oh, let me restore mailbox. Right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so people are like, and how do you back it up? I teach them how to do it manually. Right, and that's, again, that's a, most of that's going to be done by a third-party product. And yeah. I've got one that I'm doing with another product um, that is specifically Office 365 backup through Datto. Okay. Um, but, through Datto, okay. Yeah. Is D-A-T-O? I'm taking notes, by the way, for the yeah. show notes. D-A-T-O.com? D-A-T-T-O. And it is a product that not just anybody can get. It's something that is okay. only going to be available to resellers and MSPs. Okay. And they don't market to end users or anything like that. Nice. Keep it in-house. Keep yep. it for us. All right. Well, good to know because, you know, what? Uh, I talk a lot, Marvin, about the break-fix, you know, no-contract work I do. And that's just because I get fielded calls from around the country, guys like you, you actually have a client base that you work out of, you know, and that's, you know, a lot different sometimes the relationships. So good to know. Good to yeah. know for the listeners. I know a lot of techs are getting excited about moving into all this because it's just where the business is going, you know. It is. And yeah. yeah. Some are excited, some are not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? Kick it in screen and that's what we got to do. Uh, well, I'm always excited when I get to, to do more stuff. So next question I have for you is what is your experiences with clients currently or asking about SharePoint and OneDrive? Or what are you doing about it? Nothing or are you, are you doing it? Well, I did try to do some stuff a few years ago, and it just just didn't quite work out. And yep. most of that was because people were trying to pigeonhole something that just didn't work. They were trying to maintain a server, but then want their documents to sync up to either OneDrive or SharePoint, and it just didn't work properly. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't think that still works. I think you either have to be on-premise or in the cloud, Yep. Um, at least with Office 365 and OneDrive. Now, I do have a customer that I am actually taking one of a server that I actually host. And last month, I moved them to Office 365. This month, we're going to be moving their 
shared documents to SharePoint. Oh boy, are you ready so, for that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take, you know, we're going to take um, some of their active folders, throw it up there, see how it works, gotcha. see if it works for them, and not commit fully until Good. they're comfortable with it. And if they think it will work, then we'll, because SharePoint comes with the Office 365 Premium. Yes. So it's not something where I've got to convince them to, to spend more money. No. They get 10 gigs with their account and 0.5 gig with each user. So well, that's here's the thing, Marvin. Here's the problem with that. And this comes from the Outlook expert in me, is people don't like that they just can't go into Outlook, attach a file off SharePoint. Right. And that is a problem with people. And the second problem I've found is that you just can't share a SharePoint file with someone easily with that doesn't have a Microsoft account because it requires them to create an account. Those are the two warnings I, I tell people before they start engaging in SharePoint. And plus, uh, just give up on trying to desktop sync that. Mm. Right. Yeah, I gave up on that. So Yeah, they're, they're not worried about the desktop sync. They just want right. to have one place where everybody can go nice. grab the files. They can check it out and work on it, and then they can two people can work on it at once. I like that feature, you yeah. know. The but it has to be online only. Right. <laughs> Always online only. Yeah. So are you getting anybody that's saying, "Hey, Marvin, set us up on good old OneDrive"? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, uh, it's just a scary thought, you know. I, that OneDrive, I wish, um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. Back in the old days, SharePoint was, you know, awesome. You could map a drive to it on the computer. Right. It actually worked. I have a yep. video on YouTube about it. But then they hijacked it with the OneDrive engine. Right. After that, nah, nah, -uh, nothing worked good. No. Nope. Yeah, that's that's the problem. You know, when, yeah, when you could do it as a shared drive, it was yeah. probably the best case scenario. Um, oh yeah. The OneDrive. The only thing I think that might be a problem is. People that purchase the Office 365 are going to get OneDrive automatically. Yeah, and it's right I there wish, when it loads. I wish there was a way to select that as, you know, an option, yes or yes. no, so that you can tell people, you know, you can download it and install it for people and not have that load up. Because what I found is my law offices are quite upset that, you know, they'll get Office 365 and then their secretary will try to link up their personal yeah. OneDrive account with that. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> most of us, most of my clients will, we block all the sharing applications, Dropbox, OneDrive, oh. we block, you know, Facebook and all that stuff. So they get upset that they try to hook up their account because they'll say, well, I want to work on this document at home. Oh, yeah. But then, you know. <laughs> yeah, the attorneys at first are thinking, well, why can't they work on it at home? And so my thought is, okay, so if you let them sync that document up to their home computer and that home computer gets a virus and then they sync it back to your office, yeah. who's going to clean that mess up? That'd be Marvin. So. <laughs> who's billable by the hour? And yeah, and who's going to charge you a heck of a lot of money? Oh, so. Marvin, I know. I get, uh, I've had some pretty big OneDrive messes. That one of my clients actually get this had Google Drive, OneDrive, and it was such a mess that I didn't even know where to start. And he had three computers with all of this mess. And I said, "How if we just start you fresh with Dropbox <laughs> and moved everything in 
folder by folder and and got rid of OneDrive. And now, uh, I think the home users you can actually uninstall just OneDrive, but well, maybe think, not the business. Yeah, I think you can on the business. I I just don't like to have to do it after the fact. Well, how are you doing it? It's all kind of inclusive. I disable it from startup. That helps. Well, you can do that. Yeah, stop it so it yeah. doesn't show up on the tray. Um, yeah. But I think you can go in and just uninstall that particular feature. I, I I haven't done it much. I think I've only done it once or twice. It's ugly. I'll just end with that, and we can move on to something else. <laughs> so, what do you think about OneNote? Don't know much about OneNote. I looked at that a couple years ago. I thought I would use it for myself. Yeah. But I just it was something where I looked at it and I'm thinking I don't really want to change that yeah. much. Um, it's it looks like it uh, it's probably going to be a great feature for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I just haven't embraced it yet. You know what it is is uh, it's this to me. It's like a trapper keeper from the '80s. You know yeah. the old trapper keepers where yeah. you had that big you know thing that had no different colored yeah. folders. Exactly, and that to me is what I tell my clients when they ask me about it. And here's what I say, and this is 100% truth. That when clients call me and they ask for OneNote help, I say, you're probably more expert at it than I am because it's not a common application. The people that have it love it. Right. And they are freaks on the tabs and everything else. I mean, they, they got that down. And I'm like, look, I could hire you to be my OneNote expert probably. I mean, but the snags they always have is OneDrive because it uses OneDrive to sync between everything. Which used to be back in SkyDrive, remember that? Yeah, lovely SkyDrive. <laughs> yeah, ugly SkyDrive. And SkyDrive uh, used to be the OneNote uh, syncing tool. So um, I just tell people uh, I really can't help with OneNote, and I hate saying that, but it's just not a basic application. And to me, everything I would do in OneNote, I do in Outlook, honestly. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I don't need notes, it. The notes feature in there. And, you know, what I'm not liking is – you know, just one more thing that syncs up yeah. to all my devices. And <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I don't I don't want everything to sync to all my devices. I want to use my phone for some things. I want to use yeah. my tablet for other things and my desktop for other things. I don't want them yeah. all syncing together. But we're, that's a battle where we're, you know, trying to swim up a waterfall, I think. But it'd be really great if, if, if Microsoft just did like a stop break for like six months, fixed everything. And then sent out awesome tutorials to everybody, and just made it easier for us to configure and train our people. But that day would never happen. Well, they just keep adding confusion, you know. That, that and, probably interferes with their revenue stream, you know, if they've got to divert well, resources you know, somewhere else. I know. I'm. It's it's getting kind of like when people call. I do a really good job now at uh, pre-qualifying their needs <laughs> because. I had a client that uh, wanted full training for out Exchange. Next thing you know, they're like, well, we want to learn the whole Office 365. I'm like, do you need it? You already have a file server that works. Why would you want to break that? And then they're like, well, because we're paying for Office 365. I go, yeah, don't, don't worry about it right now. I mean, if that server breaks, we'll consider it. But right now it's not. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's been challenging for me, but I'm still still selling it. Um, what do you do for uh, your folks with Skype? Are they doing the Skype for business? 
I, I do have customers that are using Skype for business, and the only way that we're actually using it is to create the users through the business account, so that okay. if you know if an employee leaves, the business takes back or deletes their Skype account, and it's tied yeah. to the business. Um, yeah. I'm really hoping that they come out with some other features where you can, you know, populate list of contacts and prevent them from adding personal contacts. Yeah. Um, those are the types of things that my customer wants because, you know, the one thing an attorney doesn't want is to see a staff person, you know, Skyping with their friends on company time. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Those are the types of things I'm waiting to really take off and, you know, be something that you can manage from a control panel. Yeah. And from a corporate standpoint, that makes sense. My clients are, a lot of them are solopreneurs and teams of under 20, let's say. Or let's say even 10. You know, that's kind of standard for me. And it's such an open communication that, actually, to be fair, nobody even wants Skype for business that I help. Hmm. I mean, they just don't chat because they don't have other team members. And a lot of them are in a small team already. So I don't really don't get those questions. But um, the, the few people I do have, they know it very well. And they already have it set up. Wasn't it called Link the, right before they went to Skype for Business? Well, they, yeah. Well, Link was the Outlook, or I'm sorry, the Exchange equivalent yeah. for, their, for their one communications yeah. platform. And basically what Microsoft is going to do is take all of these products, integrate them together, and, you know, I, they're going to find a way to monetize the Skype for Business. They're already doing it to where, in theory, you're supposed to, you know, personal is free, and then Skype for Business is supposed to be something that starts at $2 a month. So they're going to okay. find a way to, to monetize that. And, again, the, you know, my... my my law offices that use it basically as their in-house instant messaging program so yeah you know and then they do their group meetings through that um, but yeah once it gets integrated into Outlook I, who knows what will happen with that <laughs> you know they already are doing a bunch of new stuff um, I put uh, in my uh, earlier here in the show that this Ninja 365 have you ever heard of that website Ninja 365? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It'll be in the show notes, a link. I subscribed to their newsletter, and, you know, unfortunately I subscribed, Marvin, right before holidays, but they send out good stuff, you know, real interesting things, and they kind of did a little uh, overview of what they're going to start doing in Outlook, which to me is horrible. You, know, you <laughs> can uh, start using hashtags and at symbols, and, you know, I'm like, What? Yeah, Corporate people are not going to want to go hashtag and put ad symbols for Twitter accounts in that. I mean, well, but you know what the problem is? Is I think that people coming into the workforce are the people that want that stuff. The business yeah, the millennials. Owners, yeah, the business owners don't want it, but it's their employees <laughs> who want it and say, "Oh, look how much more productive I can be if I can use this and use that and." You know, don't we want to be? Don't we want to be cool and on the edge of technology? And the next thing I know, they're throwing these things in here that have nothing to do with business, yeah, and are a pain to support. Oh, I could talk about millennials all day. It's such a new topic and so much fun. Yeah, they, they honestly don't even know what corporate business programming is all about. You know, they're coming into this world with this. I'm on my phone and tablet and 
they don't even need a computer anymore. Right. And if they're if they're uh, using Outlook web apps or something on the phone, yeah, I can just throw a little uh, Twitter account in there, and then that would get sent through Exchange. I mean, that to me just seems kind of awkward that yeah. you know you can integrate the two. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of just keeping my eyes open on that. But again, my work is different than what you do, so I just just kind of curious as what you've been, uh, you know, seeing about that. But there's some changes coming up with the exchange that they're doing, though. Oh it makes yes, me a yes. Nervous. Yeah, I don't think they should mess around with what works well. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be changing my exchange on me. So now you sell, sorry, you use AppRiver as your reseller partner, right? So because you do um, MSP work, so you resell and then bill your clients. That includes support and other things, right? Correct. They got you. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of techs want to go because they want to manage it and they actually want to be in charge. You know, where what I do is I don't want to be in charge unless you pay me to be in charge and I don't do retainer work. So... You found that that model works really good for you? Well, I'm, I'm doing a hybrid approach because okay. I do have some customers where I resell it uh, through my package, and so I'm the one that's collecting the money, and, you know, I'm, I've got a reseller account with AppRiver, and then I've got some where I'm just a referral partner. Yep. So they're paying AppRiver instead gotcha. of me, um, and then I've got another company that um, is they're doing it through uh, Microsoft directly, and then we're looking at another company to do Office 365 stuff. But it depends on the customer because there are yeah. some customers that I do have the ability to take care of all of their stuff at one price. You know, their support, their help desk, their, you know, updates, their antivirus. And then there's others that I get bits and pieces of or I'm worried about that customer relationship at some point that if there's a break that happens, whether it's six months, two years, and I get sick of them or they get sick of me, I like for there to be a clean break. Yeah. Well, you know, Microsoft is allowing people to switch vendors tenants. and resellers, yeah, yes. which tenants should be vendors, simple, yeah. right? Well, what they're doing is um, they're making it so that you, if you say, for instance, we use – are we allowed to use names? Now, sure. <laughs> okay. so if you go from a GoDaddy to AppRiver or yeah. Office, you know Microsoft to AppRiver, it used to be that you had to do a full migration, yeah. you know, to go from one platform to the other. Microsoft's making it so that all you have to do is switch the vendor, and you can keep the platform. You don't have to worry about you know backing up the mail and moving it yeah. over. And I mean, obviously, that's taken away a little bit of money from us. But it well, guess so what money. though? It, it it here's where I think Microsoft got wind, Marvin, on GoDaddy sucks for all the stuff they do. So when people want to escape them, they have to go and pay another you know migration fee to a company. That's silly. Yeah. Because I'm getting those requests all the time. People are unhappy with them, and I'm like, they should be, because what happens is these techs can't fix their stuff. Right. They can, and migrations take five days. That's horrible. Well, so anyway, um, I'm glad that they're doing that, and I think that that is actually going to uh, offer some opportunity for me in the future, like when people are like, well, we're unhappy with this, and I can say, well, I can transfer you over to mine, which I'm a partner, so I can earn a commission off those sales eventually. Yep. 
mean, I won't. And plus, there has to be some aftercare with switching servers. There has to be something, right? Yes. I mean, it's not going to be a perfect migration because their profile is going to have to be pointed to the new, you know, account, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, I I don't know. I have I haven't done one myself, but I hear yeah. that it, I hear it's pretty painless. But Good. even if it's even if it's just you know a couple of hours of aftercare to make sure, you know, that the mail is there, the DNS records you know stay proper or whatever. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of revenue that that we'll be able to get from yeah. there. And I haven't and, done uh, one yet, but I got a request on Thursday from a law firm of four people, nice and perfect, my size. They want to leave and come over to another vendor. And then I was like, oh, that's right. You can do that switch now, which I haven't done. So I will look that up and talk to the, you folks on my next show about that. Okay. So I can get some more clarity because App River is definitely going to have a hand in that. You know, they have to maybe do some of the work. Right. Who knows? Hopefully we can save one mailbox at a time, Irvin. Yeah. <laughs> save it the day, one mailbox at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let me see what else I got here for us. So you do the reselling, and then also, do you just pick and choose? Like, do some of your clients say, we want the whole business suite, or we just want exchange? Again, it depends on the client. I've got okay. I've got um, some of my clients, but like my law firms, are just on exchange. Okay. Uh, because they either already have the volume licenses for their office suite, or you know they don't need anything else. I've got some that were doing Office 365 with the secure mail, <laughs> the, you know the archiving. So it's you know it it's pretty much been per client depending yeah. on what we sell. So it's you know All basically depends. basically a la carte. A la carte. Well, that's how mine are too. You know, I mean, I tell people if they just need a lot of them. Marvin, do you find people doing this that they go off and buy their own? home version of Office 365, come in and install a few versions on their Office computers, and then when they contact you, they're like, oh, where do you have it? Right? I've had, I've had <laughs> one customer that I that I gained. I believe I got them in the end of 2014 where they had mixed matched their licenses and had some home licenses that they were running five users off of, and then they had a couple of business licenses, and then they had, and it was a mess, so we had to get that cleaned up. But most of my customers, because they're, you know, business customers and they're my clients, most of them are really good about calling me first and saying, what should we get? Then I can advise them, and, you know, we get them on the, on the right path from the get-go. So. Sorry, Marvin. One second. I my phone's been ringing. I'm sorry. I can't know how to turn it off when I'm on the call for some reason or I'm on the show. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I don't like this iPhone for that reason. It doesn't do something normal. But yeah, um, I I get a lot of people, Marvin, that actually pay that ninety nine dollars a year and get the whole thing and just put it on all their computers now. Yeah. <clears throat> It's it'll be interesting. I'm I'm sure that there will be a lot more customers in the future that that do that because you know, they're going to see the advertising. They're going to see it in the in the you know Office Depot, Office Max, Staples. It's there. Yeah. Uh, Best Buy, and they're going to you know some you know 20 year old wannabe computer guy or gal is going to say, oh yeah, this will work just fine for your business. Yeah. Just go buy it. <laughs> 
and they do. In fact, the client that I was helping uh, us doing yesterday, uh, a consult for, I said, so how are you guys sitting on office products? And they said, yeah, we got, uh, <laughs> they're pretty big. Oh, yeah, we've got everybody set up on this, this, and that. And to me, I'm like, I guess ethically, I should tell them that they're not licensed properly, but I'm not really going to go in and do that. If Microsoft allows them to do that, that's their business, I think, right? Yeah, I... I know. We're going to be sitting on a fence with that for a while. I do have... I've had a couple of clients that have gotten a Microsoft audit. Really? Those are more corporate clients, and we haven't had to deal with it from an Office 365 perspective. But I did have to have a customer last summer had to get up to date with all of their licenses because they kept letting it slip and letting it slip and wouldn't yep. listen to me. So that Microsoft letter came in and they're like, oh my goodness, can Microsoft really do this? I'm like, you, you really going to want to try to find out? <laughs> so um, I said, why don't you just buy the licenses now? We can send them the audit, show them you're compliant. And all yeah. as well. So we had to buy, yeah. I think we had to buy 35 exchange licenses. Wow. And, and I don't know, 20 or so Office 365 products because they weren't doing the volume license. Gotcha. But we had to verify that, you know, the office was either OEM or retail and, you yeah. know, the ones that pre come pre installed and, you know, I had to gather all those lines. It was a pain to do that. So that's. But, thing is that here's here's my opinion on it is um yeah they're at the uh, good old staples and they're like hey let me go buy this i get to install it on five computers you know and then they go to their office and this this is what's common with my clients they go do it and then they call me for exchange stuff and they already have all the products so i'm like well i'm not going to go tell them they're doing it's wrong what they're doing is wrong you know it's not my my business yeah, but i could that, say yeah but yeah in that but, regard i've you know, you you just basically, if it works, and you're in, as long as, as long as you don't have to change anything. Yeah. You know, if you're just doing a quick repair or something, yeah, I really wouldn't worry about it. But if if I've got to go in and fundamentally do something with their network, and that's yep. when I tell them, look, mm-hmm. if I'm going to come in and take over, or if I'm going to be responsible for this, that's right. then you've got to be licensed properly. Yep. You need to have the proper hardware, software, whatever. Uh, everything is going to be above board. So that's when I've done it. Yeah. So the customers that I've taken care of that aren't really my clients, mm-hmm. you know, we're not doing any sort of monthly support or retainer or anything like that. I don't really worry about those, but but if if they're going to look for me to be responsible mm-hmm. for anything on that network, and by that I mean if, you know, if it's 12 o'clock at night and their building's on fire and they're calling me, yeah. Then you know, they need to be a little bit more proactive in keeping up with their licenses and and everything like that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I'm going to do this year, is believe it or not, I have helped. I can't even tell you how many people buy the proper suite, right? They're upgrading from 2010. You know, so I actually tell them what they should be buying. Right. And they and I will help them do the appropriate thing. I've never helped a business ever buy the five for ninety nine dollars. That I can say. But I did kind of realize that I do enough migration work with people who haven't broken Outlook 2007, which is a monster, 
you know, it's a horrible upgrade, you know, skipping three versions. So right. I've learned that uh, to, what's appropriate, Marvin, for me is to say, okay, which I've never really done before is try to upsell the whole Office 365 suite. I've really gone with just the exchange. But I'm going to be doing that this year, and if AppRiver can't fulfill the need because you have to do a, a domain authentication still with them, I think, then I am just going to affiliate sell it for Microsoft and start earning some money. The two choices. Preferred is AppRiver, of course, but if you know you can't buy some products there without doing extra work. And I'm a, kind of a break-fix on the fly girl, so if I need to upgrade, I just want to get it done right now. Because yeah. I'm in a troubleshooting thing where I have to fix something for somebody. So it's not to disregard AppRiver's process. It's just I have to get this done now. Right. And I don't have time to do, which I should do, but honestly, I just know how my business rolls. So, But you know what? I'm an affiliate link with them. And for those that um, want to sign up to be an affiliate for Microsoft to sell, I'll just give you a tip that Digital River doesn't do it anymore. I wasted some good old time this, this week figuring that out. Oh. Yeah, uh huh. I went through the process. Digital River is awesome. They're from Minnesota, and they're like, "Oh, we don't sell it anymore." I'm like, "Then why is it on the site? What a waste of time!" <laughs> uh, that was annoying. Yeah. Figured that out, so I thought I'd share with the viewers. I think it's called Link Share or something that they're doing now. So if you just want to like buy it online and save a few bucks or earn, I think you're in a commission, you know, a few dollars. But hey, you know, after a year, that adds up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Marvin. Well, that was kind of my list there. What else you got to share with us? Well, I think we pretty much hit on everything. Yeah, uh, it was a good list, too. I really liked uh, everything you had to say because it's kind of like pairs up with comparable to mine. Right. A lot of people are doing what you're doing, so it makes sense. Well, the only thing I would say on the MSP front where I think that a lot of people might think that they can get into – you know, making a huge living off of reselling Office 365, mm -hmm. unless you're doing thousands of mailboxes, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old break-fix story we were talking about off-air. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, the margins are going to be, you know, what they are. They're not going to be huge. You know, if you do it right, you can do it as an add-on mm -hmm. and include it as part of your services. Uh, for companies that are big enough to support, you know, thousands of endpoints and users, then yes, it's it's going to you know be able to add up. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as my customers are going to do it and they're going to go somewhere. Yeah. So I might as well position myself so that they're doing it with me. That's right. And that's really the only reason I'm doing it is, yeah. you know, it does take a little bit of burden. I've got some on-premise exchange servers that are starting to come to end of life okay. and for this uh, Office 365 product it actually will fit some of their needs uh, a lot better than trying to upgrade them to the next exchange service nice. and it's a little bit of a load off of me I don't have to worry about hardware failing I don't have to worry about you know making sure their active sync works and and all that stuff it does take a lot of load off in that sense yeah well, I know that a lot of techs do that on-site server work still, and they're starting to see opportunities for the cloud, and they have to figure out how they're going to keep the support going when there's not really a hardware need anymore. You know? Yeah. Trying well, to get those servers out of the closet. 
Well, I can tell you this, there's still going to be some work for on-premise exchange. I've got uh, two of my larger customers, they can only integrate their software with an on-premise exchange. Ah, I've heard so, of that now, yep. So it's it's still going to be there, but for, you know, if you're dealing with a customer that's only got, you know, 5, 10, 15 users and they don't have a vendor-specific product, then, yep. you know, hosted mail is probably going to be the route they go for a lot of law firms, um, you know, their case management software. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that a couple of those companies are working to move to support hosted, but it's probably a couple of years away. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a software called, I hope I say it right, Abacus or Abuscus or? Yes, Abacus. Yes. Yeah, Abacus. Okay. Well, one of my clients yesterday, um, small firm, they were like, yeah, let's upgrade me to 2016 because their outlook was broke, broke, broke. Right. And then uh, he said, well, hey, do my uh, partner. And she was smart. She's like, look, I have software. I want to make sure it doesn't break. And I'm like, good call, lady, because I don't know everything everybody uses, you know. Right. And so uh, instead of doing a quick job, I said, let's find out, and then we'll schedule an appointment appropriately. I could have ruined her weekend unknowingly yeah. because of the software. Yeah, I mean – it just does their calendar, but I mean, I back up everything anyway. But you never know. Well, it's funny. We've we've uh, I've got my second biggest customer uh, with about it's about 145 users mm. are on a case management program that they're they're in a catch 22 right now because oh no they need to upgrade the software, but they can't upgrade the software because they haven't upgraded all their stations. And they still have workstations that are running Windows XP with Office 2003. Yep. Good old honeypot there. So they almost, <laughs> the school. Yeah, they almost did an upgrade wow. last year. And if they had done it, they would have had, I mean, at the time they had about 45 computers that would not have worked. And luckily, luckily they, they called me and they said, you know, hey, we want to do this. And I, you know, one of the things I always do is, okay, let's go through and do a double check. Give me the system requirements, and let's make sure every computer can upgrade to the new software. That's right. That's the smart thing to do is the prep work. That's why I have migration checklists. Yep. And Except I didn't add on there, are you using XP or 2003, which um, I think I have 2003, but not XP. I should probably add that, Marvin. It's one of those things yeah. where... You, you don't think you have to ask it in these days, but, you know, you've got to do a quick inventory check, a network audit, because, yeah. you know, sometimes, you you know, the customers lie. <laughs> or they don't on, know. They don't intentionally purpose. lie, but yeah, they don't not know. On purpose. They just, they don't know. So oh, gosh. I, yeah, I do a network audit all the time. And I did make, I don't want to say a mistake, but, and again, law firms... <laughs> Law firms are notorious for this because they just don't keep up to date with their software. And yeah. we've got a customer that is, we are still installing Adobe Acrobat version 9. Nice. Because, one, we know <laughs> it works with their current version, and yeah. they want to have everybody have the same version of Acrobat. We installed a new remote server for them and put on the new Acrobat 11. Wow. And they love it, and it works, except for one feature in their case management software. What's that? And it's where they 
go into Outlook and they are able to save an email and attachments directly from Outlook into their case management. Doesn't work with version 11. Wow. So I had to roll back an entire remote server for that uh, until the company comes out with a fix for that. And their fix is the next version. They just actually sent me an email last week that they finally made that nice. fix. So now this customer can upgrade to Adobe Acrobat 11. So finally. they can save <laughs> out of their Outlook. Oh, it kind of reminds me of the old joke. Remember in old uh, in the 90s? Best viewed in Internet Explorer 4.0. Yes. <laughs> that was always a fun one. I remember that. Yeah, because Netscape couldn't read the code or right. whatever. <laughs> Best feud. All right, Marvin. Well, you know what? I think that should wrap up our guest spot here today. Unless you got anything else you want to throw out there for the listeners to learn from or heads up on? No, just uh, do your homework and do your yeah. job right. Slow down. That was the, the topic for the show today was how to deal when things get crazy busy. I had uh, Monday... Woke up to 10 requests, end of day 25 at Marvin. It was just nuts. Hmm. It was the, my busiest day. I compared it to the Malware Bytes update crash of 2013. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was fun. <laughs> Who almost doesn't as remember fun as, that? Almost as fun as the back-to-back -back Office 2010 <laughs> patches that Microsoft In December. Did. Yeah. I didn't even talk about that too much on the show because to me that's my day-to-day -day work. Yeah. It's fixing that stuff. So for other techs, I read it on the forums. They're like, okay, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, this is my natural work, you know, but whatever. But, I mean, I can't say I hate it when an update crashes people because that keeps me working, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this last Monday holiday break was just crazy. And anyway, I just gave some tips. So that was all done pre-show. I'm trying to do the shows moving ahead with me and then the guest and flow it all together. Yeah. So you're my first one, Marvin. Yay. Congratulations. All right. Out of the box. <laughs> always, always a pleasure having you on the show. Remember, folks, you can check out Marvin on Podnuts on Sundays in the afternoon. They do a live show. I'll put the link in my notes. And Marvin is from MB Systems. And the man in the van is like his code word, right? <laughs> or not the code word you want to be. That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my uh, alter ego. Exactly. <laughs> you have a website now. I thought, you know... You talked about some other things online, but maybe we can – the listeners can hear about it on your Podnet show maybe. Yeah. 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 All right, gang, thank you for listening and downloading. Call that girl's office 365 show. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.